welcome to But Make It Hallmark. My name is Patty, and I'm here with Shingai. Hi! We're back. Hey Shingai, how are you? <laughs> well, I'm on week three, and so are you. <laughs> I'm feeling Christmas. We are feeling Christmas so much. Welcome, guys, to weekend three of our Countdown to Christmas and Miracles of Christmas movies from the Hallmark Channel and Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Unlike our usual episodes where we cover four to five movies with a theme, now we're just going through all the new Christmas movies that Hallmark has to offer. And this week, I think we had our most polarizing week in terms of feelings and in terms of the repertoire that both Hallmark Channel and Hallmark Movies and Mysteries had to give us. Uh, and we'll let you guys, I guess, decipher later on as we share our feelings on this, how we feel about them, because wow, what a roller coaster this weekend. We had our highs and we had our lows this week. <laughs> It was like a roller coaster. <laughs> the highest of highs and the lowest yeah. of lows indeed. But you know what? I mean, it was bound to happen. Hallmark was bound to disappoint us. You cannot come out with 40 movies in a season and expect all hits. There will be some misses, and unfortunately, this is the weekend we got those. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not keep everyone in suspense. Let's start it off with our first movie from Hallmark Channel, Countdown to Christmas. It's called Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater. What a mouthful there. And it stars Ashley Williams and Niall Mater. A single mom, Maggie, is facing Christmas alone until Lucas crashes into her life and becomes an unexpected house guest. Together, they overcome Christmas while finding comfort in their growing bond. Just hear the Look at that sweater. Oh, wow. When life knocks you down. I did not just kill a Christmas sweater, Dad. Let the holidays. One person's accident is another person's fate. Lift your spirits. This is going to be so great. So great. Love is just a fashion faux pas away. I will preface this (laughs) by saying I've never really been a Niall Mater fan. As you guys have known, when we first started this pod, I think we previewed a movie with him and Rachel A. Cook. I was kind of like, okay, maybe, maybe. And then we went to Country at Heart and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, this time around, Niall Mater plays a grumpy guy in a Christmas sweater, obviously, who gets his holiday plans foiled. So all these seasonal tropes, ugly sweaters... And instead, this grump has to spend Christmas in town with his family. So a guy who doesn't want to celebrate, another trope they love. While his sibling, who I have to say was a hot brother, was trying to like keep him in place. He gets injured because Maggie didn't want to get help in carrying a Christmas tree out of the lot. And she knocks him over on like the sidewalk as he's going for a jog. And obviously because she takes him in, you know sparks are going to fly. But then it's a slow burn for them to fall for each other and for them to kind of come out of their shells. Maggie being, you know, more vulnerable and more open to help. And at the same time, and Lucas, Niall Mater's character, comes out of his shell to become a more Christmassy guy helping out with the volunteers in the military base. So there's a military base in this, building a gingerbread house in real life for the children. Like there's a lot, there's a lot going on. But you know what else there's a lot of in this movie? Hot guys. I mentioned the brother of Niall Mater's character, Lucas. Hot brother, hot brother. Niall Mater has a friend named Cam, I think, a fellow like architect, also hot. So you know what? This movie is full of the tropes, but it's full of hot guys. So I can't complain. I went into this movie a little cautious just because 
I felt like the title was was not the best. <laughs> it, it, I mean, yeah, it's quite a mouthful, and you know, it, it, I'm just a little wary about these titles. And as you mentioned, like we aren't the biggest Nile Mater fans. In fact, over the last two movies we reviewed of his, I I killed him and then I bitty fucked him, <laughs> and and so I wasn't super excited when I when I saw the previews for this. But you know what? This movie is Nile Mater's redemption arc. <laughs> <laughs> he just stole the show and he was great. Oh my god, I cannot believe I am saying this. Him in an ugly sweater. Perfect. Chef's kiss. <laughs> I don't like kids in movies. The kid here, Ashley Williams' daughter, was great. I'm a little uh, about the military based plot lines. It was great. <laughs> I like everything, and what I love about this is their comedic timing is perfect. This is kind of a light and frothy, fluffy movie. I wrote down that after watching it, it it felt like the air just becomes crisper. You actually (laughs) feel like you want to wear an ugly sweater and snuggle up to, oh my god, Nile Mater. (laughs) What just happened? I don't know what happened, Chingai. When I first watched it, I was on a bike and I was cycling and I was like, why am I, am I just tired? Why am I attracted to him? Like, are my defenses down? But more than, I mean, Niall Mater, I will go on and on about, my gosh, I am attracted to him. But Ashley Williams, I will have to give it to her because she will always play the bubbly, effervescent, happy, happy, perky girl. And she fits that bill. And she does it so well. She does it in a non-annoying way. Because sometimes when you have that, this is a character trope that they do so often in Hallmark that sometimes it gets annoying. But in the right hands, which is Ashley Williams, she does it really, really incredibly well. I will point out, I'm so happy. Like, she's a divorcee in this movie. And I'm glad she's not a widow. Like, hey, they didn't kill him off. And they kind of had that storyline wherein she expresses that, yeah, uh, I wasn't the first priority of my husband. And I like that. Like, ooh, like they're admitting to some fault. And and that's so rare. They'll, they'll always make, well, they'll always make the guy a widower. I don't know, to make us feel sorry for him. I don't know. But it's interesting that they actually made her a divorcee and I like it. I like how they didn't make her ex-husband the bad guy. And they even included yes. the new wife in the in the story. Yes. So, you know, I mean, it feels progressive in the Hallmark Cinematic Universe. And it's real life, you know? We don't we can, we can finally move on from all these, like, old plot lines that are just very tired. I will jump right into Mistletoe Moments, and there were a lot, because the slow transformation of Niall Mater from Grumpy Grinch to Inspired Architect and A Man in Love was such a delicious slow burn. You know, they, they kissed in an open horse carriage, but you know what really killed me? In the end, obviously they have a misunderstanding about him leaving town and all that. And then he comes back to her house and he uses the front door. And she says, you never use the front door. And they exchange gifts in front of her daughter because she's there. And both of them want to say so much. But there's so much pride that they hold it inside. But their eyes are saying, I want you to stay Like, let's make things better. But they don't. And it just ends. And he's like, here's a gift I got for you. And she's like, here as well. Like, don't, you can open it later. And it's so cold, quote unquote. And yet, I felt all that tension. I felt all that, like, just apologize to each other. It's a misunderstanding. And obviously, like, they they make up in the end. And it's great. And I love that in the very end, when they do make up, and they're like, oh, so we're good? 
And they're like, yeah. And then they kind of just hug. And in the very, very last scene, you, they pan out from the house. And you see that he actually left his luggage outside because they were so cute and happy. And then they show Naomi just kind of going out. And I love these little small details to get the luggage and bring it back in. Like, it just felt so real. And I know Hallmark is not real, obviously. But this movie felt as real as these perky, happy movies can be. Like, just right. The right amount of humor. The right amount of like, ouch. I don't know, it was so good. The tension was good, they were good. Ugh, so good. I love a, oh, I have a spare guest house. And oh, <laughs> I need a play. I love I love that. I love when that happens and when they do it right. Ashley Williams, she's also a teacher aside from an aspiring painter. And I want her to be my teacher because she's just so happy. Um, I also like how uh, mature they dealt with the, the growing attraction between them when she comments when they're riding the carriage. I think she comments that, you know, I, I want things to be organic. Like, I don't want to go on an app. And he's like, oh, organic like this. And, and you know, they're just talking about it. And even, like, when he invites her to the ugly sweater Christmas party, because, of course, there has to be an ugly sweater Christmas party. And he says, like, oh, they, they might think that we're a couple if we go there together. And, you know, it's the little things that count. Also, the big things, because the big gesture in this movie was amazing. Like, that's, like, the, stu- the stuff of dreams. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what it is, because, like, it, a nice surprise in the end, but the big gesture was pretty awesome. I might spoil it. <laughs> okay. Because... <laughs> Overall, I will say this now, and I apologize to Niall Mather because I have slept on him for far too long. I will rectify the situation by watching all the Father Christmas movies in that trilogy of like finding Father Christmas, engaging, marrying, whatever, because really, he deserves it. I'm going to go on a freaking binge. Ashley is infectious and delightful, and even with all her energy, I was rooting for her super duper hard. She's so thoughtful. Her gift was amazing. She was a great mom, a great giver, and I was really just happy for her. Spoiler here, if you don't want to know the ending, skip. I'll tell you when, like maybe like 10 seconds. They go to the tickets to Paris. Like, I died. I want a sequel. Give me a Christmas sequel. Christmas in Paris. Paris, We always have travel movies. Even the kid can come along. I won't get angry. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. This is a movie where, where two genuinely good people like just really appreciate each other and keep telling each other how talented the other one is. And it, it's not cheesy. It's genuine. And I think we credit Ashley Williams and Niall Mater for that because they raised it. <laughs> they elevated it. They definitely elevated the bar for this. And good outing, Hallmark movies. Warm by the fire for me. Warm, warm, warm by the fire. I think I watched this movie twice already and... I could watch it again. I, I'm gonna dig up some sweater I have, turn on the air conditioning because obviously it's way too hot here for a sweater, but whew, good job, good job, Hallmark. I apologize, so Niall Mater, for all the times I said you weren't good. Speaking of not good, let's move on to second movie <laughs> of our third weekend, Christmas with the Darlings, starring Katrina Law and one of the Chesapeake Shores darlings, Carlo Marx. When an assistant gives her final notice, she is drawn into helping the charming younger brother of her wealthy boss as he looks after his his orphaned nieces and nephew through Christmas. I can help watch the kids through Christmas. I know what it's like to be a kid alone at Christmas. We don't get to choose our family. Hey, kids! Or do we? (laughs) What? You're doing a really good job with this uncle thing. It's been a while since I celebrated. Like this. Christmas with the darlings. I was scared when I saw this, the preview of this, because, well, it, number one, 
it's about the Darlington children. So it's already a children-centric plot, and that's just like you know a point against it for me. But then Carlo Marx is there, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna give it a chance, and we're gonna watch all forty movies anyway. So no matter what, I'm gonna watch this. I kinda watched it because I I watched like twenty minutes of it, and then I just like lay down and just let the movie run and did not pay attention to it because let me just say this movie tries to pepper itself with all the Christmas tropes because they're trying to convince these Darlington kids of the the spirit of Christmas because they're orphans and all of that we dealt with an orphan movie well with death last week with Holly and Ivy and that was a movie that really surprised us and like really grabbed our hearts and our attention this movie did not grab anything there were orphans there was family and seriously there were brothers and there there was no spark at all even Carlo Marx couldn't save this for us this movie was essentially about nothing it was just (laughs) Like I couldn't understand why if they if they're so rich, like you pointed out, Patty, why didn't they just hire a nanny to take care of these kids? She volunteered to help the kids over Christmas, and he did too. So where's the problem? Did he volunteer just because he's like a good uncle? He's a funkle, or like they they were trying to to show us that he was attracted to her, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it at all, and there was nothing attractive about her either. I'm sorry, Katrina Law, but this like this was like a bad mashup of an ill-written plot, a bad script, mismatched actors, and lots of kids. And I stopped looking at the It's screen. like a nightmare. Yeah. I completely agree with you. You took the words literally right out of my mouth. I don't understand this plot. I really don't. I don't understand why she volunteered. Yes, she said she's an or she was, you know, she's kind of an orphan and she know how she knows how it feels to be alone in Christmas, but like, really? Like they could have established it more that she really didn't have any plans. But she she said she had plans. So like why give up those plans to do anything for these children? It's not like her boss was evil and was telling her like Oh, if you don't take this, you know, assignment, you're going to get fired or whatever. Like there was no crux, there was no hardship. The hardship was that yeah, okay, the kids were orphans and they're pretty down and you know, it's the holidays. Nothing made sense. And you're right. I did get it was never established for me that Carlo Marx was so attracted to her that he wanted to spend time with her this Christmas. He also had plans. So I was like, what is going on? You know what's sad? We've had Chris- children-centric movies like Christmas and Graysel with Adrian Grenier and Caitlin Doubleday. And there were so many children in that too. And the kids there were also pretty depressed because their dad was so busy. Okay, not dead. Dead and busy are different. I get <laughs> it. But I like that movie. So all the elements of this movie we've seen in other movies that worked. I don't know why it didn't work here and I'm really sad because i sorry to say this, I wasted two hours of my life. I really did. Ugh. We had so many other ideas for this movie. The kids were sent to America from Australia. Why couldn't, you know, they could have set the movie in Australia and had a summer Christmas and that would have been better. They, they could have paired Katrina Law with the older brother and made it a Sabrina kind of thing. That would have been more interesting. I normally love airport scenes where, you know, that's like the last scene of the movies Someone's running after someone else. This, it, it, an airport scene could not save this movie. It was the worst. It was the worst. 
I can't even think of a single mistletoe moment. Like, there were so many scenes with the two of them together where I guess they were trying to make us feel something, but I just, it wasn't connecting with me. I could not be bothered. I don't even want to waste time talking too much about this movie because I just can't. I, I can't. I have to say, it was the first truly horrific movie for me for the season, and I'm really sad because I really love Carlo Marx, and I'm always rooting for him. I don't want to nitpick anymore. I don't want to waste time because no one else should waste time on this. We've already done it for you guys i hope he gets another shot at a christmas movie and let's move on guys (laughs) let's not talk about this anymore (laughs) when we're back we will discuss the movies from hallmark movies and mysteries miracles of christmas back with the two movies that Hallmark Movies and Mysteries Miracles of Christmas offered us this weekend. And we start off with The Christmas Ring. So The Christmas Ring stars Nizneen Contractor and David Alpe. And it tells a story of reporter Kendra Adams, who searches for the love story behind an antique engagement ring with the inscription, My Christmas Love 1948. With the help of Michael, the grandson of the ring's owner, they learn the legacy his grandparents left behind, as well as the sacrifices they both made for what was most important, love. Would you like to see one? I wonder who this belonged to. Ever since I found it, I've had to uncover the story behind it. Excuse me? I think it belonged to your grandmother. If only we knew their secrets. Thought I'd transport us to a different time. It's perfect. Do you like to dance? This movie had a lot of seasonal tropes. We had a lot going on. You know, we have the trope of like a writer who wants to be taken seriously at work. She wants, you know, more meaty assignments. And we've seen that a lot. We see a family heirloom, a mystery. I mean, we are in Hallmark movies and mysteries. So we see a bit of the mystery there. She was trying to look for her mom's ring and ended up finding a similar ring with a different inscription in an antique shop because, you know, that's what people do. She ended up having to dig through the life of this grandma who is Michael, uh, David Alpe's grandma. And obviously, as they go through the different stories that they find within the small town, she ends up obviously falling for this very grumpy carpet who has a workshop and you know obviously they both soften up and she gets to write her story you know there's some conflict there because obviously the story is not what she said it would be because her evil editor edits it to make it look different so we've seen this plot line before and I guess what I'm trying to say here is that there's a lot of tropes here that we've seen in other Hallmark movies did they execute it to you know a T not all of it, but they tried, and I appreciate the trying. David Alpe, I haven't seen too many of his movies, but I definitely want to see more. I will admit that he made me pay attention to this movie. I appreciate the casting of Nazeen Contractor here because obviously we want a more diverse cast, but I guess what I'm trying to say is she just wasn't doing it for me that much. I felt this movie had a lot of promise when it started. Because like, oh, diversity. Oh, someone different. Oh, an investigative journalist wannabe. The thing about this movie was I watched it after Christmas with a darling. So <laughs> I any semblance of a story was good enough for me. But 
I felt like I wasn't too enthused by the lack of chemistry and actually because she was like probing like with his family trying to find out his, his secret and all of this I was actually a little irritated already because it felt like she was just inserting herself into this small town, into this family that she previously did not know anything about. And my focus was mainly on David Alpe, who (laughs) I watched in the Tudors. I think that's why he was so familiar to me. And honestly, like I talked about this last week, architects, builders, that's my thing. And we had two of them this week with Niall Mater in Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater and now again, right? So I was like, oh my gosh, yes. But after seeing how they missed the mark with chemistry, I just felt like they could have just turned this into a, like a, a movie with David Alpe just building tiny houses and that would have been better. That would have been a warm by the fire, yes. Just like watch him, like, yeah, with the power tools making tiny houses. And I like how mysterious he was. I mean, he had like a past that they wouldn't talk about, right? But then, like, my mind, my imagination kind of like went, went wild with this movie. I was thinking, oh my god, like, he could totally be like a Christian Grey type of character if we took this movie in dark and twisty places. Yeah, he has that look about him. So I wish it were that. <laughs> Instead, I, I, I do wish they went there. He does have a garage and he does love a lot of tools. You are right. David Alpe can look at me like that and everything will turn to mush inside of me. Honestly, like, I don't know what happened half the time in this movie. <laughs> Plot wise, I don't know. But whenever he'd come out and be like, ooh, hello, I, I'm really happy for the diversity. I really am. But sometimes when this movie proves that you don't want to do it just for the sake of. You really want to make sure that there's some sort of, there's something there. So whereas Ashley Williams' character had that perky, super duper like, you know, sweet personality going on, this one kind of tried to do that, but it didn't quite hit the mark. It felt a bit annoying and forced. And so, I don't know, like even the mistletoe moments, they kissed in the middle of it and like, and I was just like, oh, yay, but also like, kiss me, David Alpe. Like, you know, I wasn't rooting for her, which is kind of sad because I usually do. The writing was particularly cheesy and this is like me i don't mind cheesy i mean we're doing a hallmark podcast right but this was just going too too far okay i i like it when um the guy is driving like he's in the driver's seat and he had like a really nice car in this movie and like oh david alpe in the driver's seat but then they took it to this like oh look at that a wishing star and let's close our eyes and make a wish. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, so that kind of sealed the deal for me. No. <laughs> Overall, for me, this movie was merrily mediocre. And I say that because it wasn't horrific, but it wasn't great. And we've seen some great movies this season. I was actually more interested in the relationship of the brothers. Because there's a brother here. Wasn't as hot as the brother in Never Kiss a Man, but, you know, still a brother. And when I'm more interested in the family relationships than the main leads, you know you're in trouble. I wanted to see more of Grandma Pearl. My goodness, give me a Grandma Pearl flashback. Give me anything. It would have been cute if Grandma Pearl was actually played by, like, an old-timey Nazine contractor. And then the grandfather would be played by, like, an old-timey like David Alpe, like that would have been more interesting. Anything would have been more interesting than what I was watching. And that makes me sad. So sorry to this movie. You're just mediocre to me. Actually, it's a North Pole no for me. Oh! <laughs> what? 
it. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I, I North Pole no for their mistletoe moment because it was just nothing. So yeah, I mean, when we all average it out, I guess it's a North Pole no for this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. So sorry, Let, Christmas ring. Let's hope <sighs> our fourth movie for the week lifts our spirits. So we're talking about the Christmas bow starring Lucia Nicarelli and Michael Rady. Kate is a promising musician whose lifelong dream of playing in the Rocky Mountain Philharmonic is put on hold by an accident. Reconnecting with Patrick, an old family friend, and his young cousin Gavin while recovering at home during the Christmas holiday, she finds love in someone who believes in her. Kate Malone, the violin virtuoso. It's been what, like? Too many years. I've been so committed to my music that I've been neglecting your heart. You like Kate, right? Don't mess this up. A violin that isn't played goes to sleep. Somewhere between the power of music and the power of Christmas lies the power of love. It doesn't matter where I am, just as long as I'm with you. The okay, Christmas did mention diversity with the Christmas ring. We've got we've got to say it because it's like plain. It's right in front of our eyes. We finally get a Hallmark movie with Asians in the cast. Woo! Yes. And I just, I'm getting goosebumps because this was the first time I watched a Hallmark movie and actually felt like I knew the people in it. Like, they were real to me. They weren't, like, they weren't people I just watched on TV. Like, um, the mom of Lucia Micarelli here, she felt like my mom and my mom's friends. And the grandpa felt like a grandpa to me. The casting was perfect, I have to say. And I don't know Lucia Micarelli, but, like, she is awesome. Uh, She's a professional violinist, and she really brought it. And... She knows how to act. They didn't just get her because she knows how to play the violin and they ne- needed to make a violin movie. You know, she she can act. Okay, let's talk about the tropes here. We have a music star, which we already had. We had a music star with that Andrew Walker movie, so we have that again. Ex- except this is uh, classical music. You get a train ride, a Christmas market. The music star has a Christmas party. That gingerbread houses. We get trees, all of that. So... Yes, it has all the makings of a Christmas movie, but it's layered with so much more. This could have been a movie set in any other time of the year because it's not just about the Christmas stuff. It's more about family. It's more about people, old friends catching up. It's about coming into your own and standing up for what you want for yourself. All these like beautiful, deep things layered with a lovely Christmas icing on top. I like this movie. I think it was a solid, 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 yeah, warm by the fire, yes, in terms of plot. Now, what makes it extra special is not just the diverse cast, but also the pairing that they did. I have a soft spot for Michael Rady because I loved him as Costas in The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pat. So I'm gonna forgive him for everything he does. The last movie I watched him in was the You're Baking Me Crazy movie, which was like, meh, yeah. But this one, he plays a rehab doctor. And as someone who's been to rehab a gazillion times, he plays the rehab doctor really well. He does the dad jokes really well. Like, And yeah, he's a hot PT. <laughs> I I go I go to therapy. I wouldn't skip it if he were my doctor. So I know you have a lot of thoughts, Patty. So yeah, go ahead. I have a lot of thoughts, Chingai. I have too many thoughts. Let me preface this by saying I've seen this movie three times now since it came out. I basically watch it every day. And here is when representation is done right. It wasn't done for the sake of it. You see 
Lucia Micarelli, who is so incredibly perfect for this role. Like, Shanghai, you mentioned she's not an actress. I think she's done some acting, but she's a violinist by trade and by profession, and she does the acting part so well. You know why? She does. She defies the tropes of Hallmark. There is no character that I've seen that is like her, because usually characters fall into two ends of the spectrum. Either you're a hardest nails, you know, badass bitch, boss girl who, you know, gets things done, but it's kind of hard, hard-edged. Or you're the Ashley Williams type of character who's like, perky, perky, fun, effervescent. But she plays down the middle where most of people lie. Like she felt like a normal person. She felt like a friend you would have who happens to be a fucking violinist virtuoso. So it was just so the way she played all her lines felt very real. She, when she was sad over her injury, she wasn't like devastated. I'm going to cry and die. But she admitted like, I'm scared or like, you know, like all these things when they meet in the cafe for the first time and they're both holding back and not saying why they're really home. It felt so real. The interactions felt so real. And unlike you, I have to say that Michael Rady hasn't been my favorite actor. In fact, I, I, I mean, I've seen him obviously in Sisterhood and I loved him there, but every role he did on the CW, especially on Jane the Virgin, I just, I just couldn't get on that boat. So anytime I see him in like a Hallmark movie, I'm a bit like, all right, Michael Rainey, sure, sure. But now I'm on my knees begging for forgiveness because I apologize for ever doubting you. If he were my PT, just like you, I would delay ever getting better because I would want to visit him every day. Do you do house calls, doctor? I would take it. Their interactions felt awkward at first, and that's perfect because they're both feeling each other out. But then it morphed into this undeniable, blatant, unadulterated like. Thank you to Gavin, the little wingman that could, because he would spell things out in case you couldn't even like figure it out. And I know I'm preempting this, but I have to say, you know, if if if, if Chingai, you like authentic conversations, I love dancing, and they danced in the middle of a square. And while they were dancing, Michael Rady would ask her, like, how do you how are you so sure about what you want? He, she tells him her methodology of like she closes her eyes and she thinks, and he goes in for the fucking kiss and like, I, I thought I would die. I was messaging Chingai while this was happening. I'm like, I want to spoil something for you, but I can't because you'll know it when you reach it. And I died. I I love that they didn't skimp on the kissing. They kissed there. They And then after that, they were on the couch discussing it, saying, oh, yeah, I liked it. But then, you know, like, we're, they're adults and they could be normal. And then they kissed, like, after he gives her the bow. And then they kissed after her audition. And it was, of course, Hallmark Innocent Kisses. But... It felt passionate, and I could feel it. I could feel their chemistry through the fucking roof. They start out, like, really low-key, because, you know, you're, they're, they're old friends, so they're kind of feeling each other. And then you feel the slow burn, and then and then the slow burn just bubbles into a boil, and it overflows. <laughs> you, you really feel it, and yeah, props to the two of them, because their chemistry was off the roof. I really, really liked it. Their authentic conversations were, were awesome. And you know what I liked also, like, beyond the, the chemistry, was how it wasn't just one person who's doing the traveling the two of them he does like doctors with borders hands and hearts whatever so he goes off to Sudan and, and stuff to save lives and she's a traveling musician and I like that they're on like the, the playing field is level with the two of them it's not like someone has to stay home and someone has to leave we've seen that so many times finally we get two people who have two like blossoming careers and who choose to work it out and you know make it stick 
I love when they both talk to their respective like granddad and to his mom, a lady that has CMT and she really does have CMT in real life. And in fact, she's a PT in real life. And I found out all of this because I'm watching a freaking 30 minute video <laughs> of Michael Rady and Lucia Micarelli talking, like promoting this movie on like an Instagram live. And I'm telling you, even there, they have fucking chemistry. But anyway, the point is, I love how they were both saying that, you know, I don't want to be selfish because they both want to tell each other how they feel, but they know that they're holding each other back. So that's so cute that it's not just one person wants to go back mm-hmm. to the big city and the other person has to stay. It's so nice that they both have things and yet they both want to make it work. I love it because he's a PT and she, obviously she messed up her hand. So there's a lot of hand holding mm-hmm. and it's not creepy hand holding because when he holds her hand as a doctor, you know, it's professional and you know, it's like, I'm here to heal. But then it also has that aspect of like, but I care for you and I'm holding your hand because I want to hold your hand and I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> you know what? We have to end this. I'm going to watch it again. I can't do this. I'm so in love. The grandpa, I, I need to mention him like an asian santa is the best i love this i love this actor every time he shows up playing a dad playing a grandpa i just i just love him i want to give him a hug he's the best i i cried when you know he was like reminiscing about his his wife all that i like my heart went out to him and i really hope that this movie is a sign of more like diverse and well casted well thought of movies to come from hallmark whether it's movies and mysteries or the hallmark channel concur let's do this again warm by the fucking fire Mm -hmm. i live on the equator as hot as the equator yay asian representation and not just token asian representation real representation i am so i feel so seen hallmark i feel so seen delightful I was like a little like weary about the titles because like th- this mo- this week was just like we had never kiss a man in a Christmas sweater in one channel and then we had like the blandest the Christmas bow and the Christmas ring <laughs> the other it's like couldn't they have thought of better titles but you know what the Christmas bow y- you can name it anything you want it was excellent Chingai is it possible that we're recommending two movies this week yeah I can <laughs> apples and oranges cannot choose yeah Niall Mater and Michael Rady you guys <laughs> oh my god, you guys, you guys. We you are guys, eating our guys. words. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I, I, not sorry. I gladly eat them. I gladly mm-hmm. eat my words, and I'm so happy for this. So, guys, if you have four hours this weekend, or three if you cut out the ads, please watch Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater from the Hallmark Channel's Countdown to Christmas. And then, if you're feeling a little, you know, a little more cheesy, a little more, you know, moody, please do watch The Christmas Bow from Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Miracles of Christmas. They are both gems. We cannot choose. You will win both ways. So thanks for spending this third weekend with us as we went on this Hallmark roller coaster of emotions. Love, anger, hate, <laughs> passion, <laughs> everything. <laughs> and, and tell us how you feel. If you haven't subscribed to this uh, podcast yet, please do subscribe. Smash that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Make It Hallmark or on Instagram at But Make It Hallmark. Uh, we post some, some snippets and just like feelings of the things we're watching as we watch them. So please do follow us there and tell your friends about us. And thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Chingai. Thanks to Patty. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. <laughs>